Hello and welcome to the very first ever Church Society podcast. I'm Ros Clark, I'm the Associate Director of Church Society and I'll be your host here on these podcasts. Church Society is an organisation that exists to strengthen local churches in the Church of England in biblical faith and to help shape the Church of England now and for the future. We do a number of things uh, to achieve that aim. We have a publishing wing, we have patronage, which you'll be hearing more about a little bit later in the podcast, and we run various conferences. Today's episode is recorded mostly at one of those conferences, And we'll be beginning, uh, as seems appropriate, with an interview with the Church Society president, Bishop Wallace Benn and his wife, Lindsay. I'm recording this. Uh, You may hear some screaming in the background at the Junior Anglican Evangelical Conference. That that screaming is not one of our delegates, but but their nine-month-old daughter. Um, And uh, it's really exciting to be here at Jake. We've got uh, between 40 and 50 people here at different stages from first incumbency back through to even beginning the process of uh, starting to think about ministry. I'm here today with someone who who is not precisely in that junior category. Uh, Bishop Wallace Ben and his wife Lindsay are here. It's really lovely uh, to have you here on the conference. Thank you. Um, You retired a a few years ago, I believe. I'm not quite sure what the the right etiquette is for for talking to a retired bishop. Are, are, Are you always a bishop, once a bishop? Uh, always, always a bishop, but, <laughs> but but I best answer to Wallace. Excellent. Okay, I I will call you and, Wallace. And I'm only here uh, glorying in my wife's shirt tails because she's doing a seminar, so I'm here trailing in her glory. Excellent. It's really good to have you both. And I I know we've got a number of uh, uh, spouses here on the conference who've really appreciated. Uh, having that seminar. Thank you, Lindsay. Um, so uh, what is retirement life like? Is it all sort of cocktails and putting your feet up on the golf course? <laughs> no, no, it's fantastic. Um, I, I remember the comment of my old uh, college principal friend and mentor, Alec Matera, said oh, retirement wow. is that for which man was created. <laughs> and um, I, I think basically uh, the Bible doesn't teach anything about retirement, so I believe that it's it's basically change from Pirelli to Goodyear and keep going. That's the kind of retirement I believe in. Right. Uh, I was, you know, I was called and ordained to preach the word of God and and uh, take every opportunity for the gospel, and I intend to do that until uh, as long as the Lord gives me strength. So, I've been freed up in a sense from the administrative structural stuff. So, as we spend about forty uh, percent of our time away at the moment, preaching here and there, and doing those parties and wonderful uh, conferences and so, missions and things. So, retirement life also busy for you, Lindsay? Well, I'm still working a bit, so that does uh, affect that. But it's not quite, you know, sit and dig the potatoes and uh, watch the flowers grow. But it's um, it's less sort of relentless, and we're enjoying Great. a bit a uh, slightly slower pace and. And the opportunity to serve God in in whichever way he gives it to us. So that's great. Wonderful. Um, uh, Jake, which is the conference we're at, uh, is hosted by Church Society. Um, I wonder, Wallace, how how long have you been involved with Church Society? Um, Probably since before the fall. (laughs) Something like like that. But a a long way back, uh, I I did curacies in Church Society parishes. And the first incumbency I did was church society patronage. Wow. So a uh, long way back. And I really, I really value uh, what 
church society does in terms of patronage and also testifying to our Reformation heritage and the foundation of our church. Great. And um, so patronage is something uh, I'm going to be talking to uh, Dick Farr, who's the chairman of our Church Society Trust, which oversees all our patronage. So I'm going to be talking to him a little bit later in the podcast about that. Um, But patronage, obviously, is only one aspect of Church Society's work. And it's a slightly obscure one. It's a very important one, but it is slightly obscure in some ways. What what do you think is the role, the wider role of an organisation like Church Society in the contemporary Church of England? Well, as, as the senior evangelical organization historically in the Church of England, and, and given that church society has, uh, and you didn't pay me to say this, a, a, a brilliant team at the moment. <laughs> Thank you. I'll, um, I'll talk to you about that later. <laughs> uh, which has renewed the whole vision of mm. church society. I, I think that church society has a, a political influence on the church seeking to uphold evangelical and uh, reformational uh, truths is really very important. We, we, uh, the Church of England is an evangelical and reformed church in its basis of faith. The fact that some people want to mess that up and the, the fact that some people seem determined to use a, a biblical phrase uh, from Esau and Jacob seem to want to uh, change their um, uh, sell off their birthright their, yes. their birthright for a bowl of soup yeah. theologically speaking is uh, is sad and tragic yeah. and we want to call the church back to the brilliant yeah. inheritance that is ours yes absolutely absolutely and that that is what we as church society are trying to do is is to reclaim the church of england yeah. and recall it back as yeah. you say to its evangelical foundation which is why it's such an encouragement i think to see so many really young guys yeah, here great still committed to working within the Church of England as evangelicals and wanting to to have their ministry in that context. And, and that's uh, very important to those of us who get a bit older because we have, a, we have a duty not only to preach the faith but to hand it on to the next generation. Yeah. And it's tremendously encouraging for me to see guys fired up by the gospel and the word of God and wanting to be faithful to it wherever that leads us in the future. Absolutely. So I wonder um, if I could ask you both uh, this question just as we finish. Um, We are at the the Junior Anglican Evangelical Conference. We've got people here who are just starting out in a lifetime of ministry. As as a couple who is sort of at the other end of the spectrum, if I can politely say that, what what advice would you give um, to them as they start out on that journey? Um, I would say don't be caught up in um, the success syndrome nor um, the latest fad and fashion. After 2,000 years of church history, novelty is probably a bad idea in most things. (laughs) Uh, It doesn't mean we have new things to learn. But uh, actually we need to be faithful to God and to his word and to to believe that um, uh, the one who has saved us, the one who has called us to serve him, to be faithful to him and to his word is the primary duty of yeah. every Christian, and uh, particularly and especially those who are called to lead congregations mm. and be ministers. Wonderful. And Lindsay, is there anything that you would like to yeah, say? Yeah, some of the things we've been discussing with as ladies together is keeping your eye fixed on Jesus and just realizing what a privilege it is to serve him and for the long haul so therefore you have to put in place some things in your life that's going to help you 
to run the race for the long haul, but it is a privilege and it's God's church and we need to entrust it to him but be walking with him so that we will faithfully serve him to the end of our days. Wonderful. Thank you both so much um, for all your encouragement and support of Church Society and for uh, talking with us today. Thank you. Well, in this 500th anniversary year of the events which kick-started the Reformation, Church Society are pleased to produce various resources uh, to help people and churches celebrate those events. We have a magazine with articles written by Dr. Andrea Ruddick, a medieval historian from Oxford, and Dr. Kirsty Burkett, among other things, a church historian who teaches at Oak Hill. Uh, both Andrea and Kirsty are members of the Church Society Council, and they've written a magazine which introduces the events of the Reformation and its significance. You can download the PDF for free at our website, churchsociety.org, or if you'd like a hard copy, please get in touch with the office admin at churchsociety.org. We've also commissioned a series of resources for children and young people, including Sunday school sessions, school assemblies, light parties uh, and various other things. Those are all available to download freely from our website under the Reformation 500 resources page. And we're really grateful to Robin Barfield and his team for writing those for us. And finally, we're really excited to have a Reformation song. The words and music are all free to download on the website, churchsociety.org. You can listen to a recording of the song there, or you can listen to it here and now. strength our forebears had to stand in Christ alone. Their passion for your word, oh God, pass on to us today. Keep us from the fear of man, set our gaze upon the Lamb. Reform our hearts, our church, our land, renew us, Lord. We stand by grace alone.
rise and cry in Christ alone. Then message from our lips sustain that God is gracious still. Father, help us understand trials and comforts from your hand. Thanks to Tom Brewster from St. Giles' Church in Derby for sending us that song and uh, allowing us to publish it. We hope that it will be a great encouragement to many churches this autumn as they think about teaching those great truths of the Reformation. So finally, in this podcast, we come to, uh, I seem to have been selling this with quite excitement from the beginning. It's an interview with Dick Farr, the chairman of Church Society Trust, uh, which is the board that deals with all the Church Society patronage issues. If you don't know what patronage is, stay tuned because Dick is going to explain that to us. So I've got Dick Farr with me uh, here at Jake. Uh, Dick, you've just given a seminar. What was that about? I was uh, helping guys think through how they need to move, how they could move from curates to incumbents. Good. I mean, they definitely do need to do that. You can't just stay as a curate Within forever. Within the Church of England, that is the general pattern. And uh, a lot of them will be having to move out of houses because yes. new people are coming in. So they, they've got to find something else to do. Okay, yeah. great. Um, mm-hmm. Dick, you're the chairman of the Church Society Trust. Yep. Could you tell us mm-hmm. what that, that is? <laughs> Uh, Church Society Trust is the patronage arm of Church Society. That is, we have 120 or so parishes around the country for which we are responsible, which means we have the uh, the right, in terms of Church of England, doing way of doing things to appoint clergy to those parishes. Now, they're not all sole parishes, they're part of much bigger benefices, and so we just have to work with others in doing that right. sort of thing. Right, it's got uh, quite complicated, hasn't it's it? It's much more complicated these days, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, patronage... Um, as a system, it's it's quite a peculiar, peculiarly Church of England thing, mm. isn't it? But that these so, sort yes. of other yeah. bodies, or sometimes just individuals, can have the right to appoint clergy. Yeah. Um, why do we have that system? Is it a good system? Is it something that as evangelicals we should mm. keep investing in? Uh, I heard from a Scottish friend not that long ago that the reason that the uh, Church of Scotland broke away from the Episcopal Church of Scotland was over patronage. They didn't like the system. I'd never heard that before. However, these days I would see patronage as a great protection for evangelical ministry. So historically, dioceses have wanted to make appointments, but they have to work with others to do that. Mm. And historically, evangelicals have started churches and wanted to make sure they control the appointment of the incumbent because that's the key. Uh, yeah. moment in a church's life and the key way of maintaining yes. reformed evangelical faith and so therefore the patron has a critical role at the time of the appointment in order to make sure that they <sighs> help get appointed as evangelical and bible a man as, uh, as possible. possible fantastic and very often they're working with a parish to stave off 
the diocese yes. or encouraging a parish to be more what they were, should be, roots are and all that sort of thing. Okay. And um, is this a sort of fixed thing? If you've got a patron, are you stuck with that patron forever? Or the, is it possible for churches to become church society parishes? It's very easy to change your patron. In fact, the, the, the first paragraph in the Patronage Benefits Measure of 1986 tells you how to do that. Oh, fantastic. And uh, one of the guys on our trust, John Simmons, mm. is an expert, and uh, he's good at giving advice on how to do that. So a number of parishes are doing that. Great. And um, for Church Society, I guess it's something that, that takes quite a lot of um, investment of our time and, and resources around the appointment process. Are there other things that patrons do or that we as church society do for our, our patronage churches? Yes, the, the key point of involvement is obviously the appointment, yeah. but what we try to do is to make sure that we have good and improving relationships with our parishes, particularly those that are more on side with us theologically, because we don't want to just appear at a difficult time and mm. be another stranger in the room, yes. and therefore maybe the parish is just as suspicious of us yeah. and maybe we're less well known in the diocese. They can yeah. be more suspicious of us. So Absolutely. So in order to help in that point, the process is really helpful to know sure, the church. We make sure yeah. that we contact our churches maybe a couple of times a year to find out prayer requests. Yeah. We will offer to go and, and preach. Great. And with a group of churches that we're most in touch with, we try to make sure that we have those on a very regular basis. Fantastic. And so if somebody is listening to this and thinking, that sounds great, I'd love to work in a, a church society church, is there a way of them knowing what our parishes are or helping with that process in some way? I presume you mean someone who's already an incumbent or Yeah, appearance. or somebody then, who's, exactly, who's okay. looking for... Then the thing to do would be to just send an email to the office saying that you'd be interested and then we will be back in touch and telling you how to do that. Great. We have a form for people who are looking for jobs um, that we would send you and then that will get you on our radar and we'd be thinking about you when appointments come up. Fantastic. That's really helpful, Dick. I think that's a part of our work which a lot of people don't really understand or don't really know much about. Um, it's one of the things, it gives us a presence on the ground yeah. and it gives us a, a key distinctive from the other evangelical organisations doing such a good job at the moment yes. because we actually have a, a bricks and mortar investment yeah. in the current state of the Church of England. Absolutely, we're, we're really embedded mm. in the establishment. Yeah, that's absolutely um, right. Great. Yeah. Thanks so much for talking to us. So that's the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Huge thank you to Joshua Gatiss for recording our theme tune. Not as you may have thought when I survey the wondrous cross, but as church society regulars will know, let the vain world applaud or frown. Uh, you may want to look up the words of Augustus Toplady's classic hymn that we sing very often at church society do send in feedback this is our first episode and i'd love to hear what you thought of it i'd love to hear if there are things that you'd like us to cover in future episodes if there are any technical problems please do let me know you can tweet us at church society you can comment on our facebook page or you could email me directly ros at church Coming up, we've got episodes planned talking about things like theological education, the church and media. That's an interview with Neil Harvey Smith, who used to be head of media at Church House. We've got an interview with Lee Gatiss, not an interview conducted by me. Uh, so hopefully there will be some new stories to hear and some uh, interesting things from Lee about what church society is doing. Uh, we'll be recording an episode at the Renew Conference next week, so look out for our report from that. And coming up, and I wanted to let you know about this, on the 9th of October, Amanda Robbie, who is a Church Society Council member and at The Vicar's Wife on Twitter, 
she and I will be discussing a book. If you'd like to read the book in advance and follow along with our discussion, that is Tish Harrison Warren's book, Liturgy of the Ordinary. Liturgy of the Ordinary by Tish Harrison Warren. I'm hoping to make uh, those book reviews a regular feature on the podcast. So if you've got suggestions of books you'd like us to talk about, please do let us know. Thanks for listening. Hope you'll join us next time.